Don't believe what he said. You know, that's... Um, I tell you, though, you, your pastor, you, you don't often eat things. He, he just never stops. He's never stopped eating all the time he was there. And then he got a bag and took a load of stuff home with him. I just... <laughs> no, he didn't. <laughs> I'm, I'm really joking, aren't I? What a privilege to be asked to speak here. So many people, so many of you could do it. But it's just a privilege to be able to do it in your own church. It's wonderful. It really is. And see where we got saved and uh, where we went in for the ministry from. And so it's, a, it's always a privilege to come again and, and just to speak. And I want to talk about fruit. We've been looking at the Holy Spirit. And I want to talk about the fruit um, of the Spirit. And I've called it Fruit Fashions Our Futures. And uh, if you've uh, got a Bible with you, go, go to Galatians chapter 5. Verses 22 and 26. And he says, But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Let us not become conceited or provoke one another or be jealous of one another as well. <laughs> Fruit of the Holy Spirit speaking to us right there at this moment. Father, thank you for the privilege that you've given me this morning to speak to these wonderful people. And I just pray, Lord God, because many of them have been Christians for so long, and others are quite new in you. And so I just pray, Lord, through your Holy Spirit and through your word, you will bless each one and meet every need. We thank you, Lord, that we're not perfect and will not be perfect until we meet you face to face. So until that time, Lord, we, we have things to learn. We have things to put right. So just help, Lord God, I pray, for me to get it right this morning in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Right, now then, you must have realized that this is a very hot, sunny, and very dry days that we've been through. Anybody seen any rain yet? No? All right, but... What? I want to ask you a question. It's a, it's a vital question, this, on, on uh, looking at the fruit of the Spirit. What is your favorite fruit? Ask the person next to you. Go on. What's your favorite fruit? Mm-hmm. Apples? Oranges? Grapes? Any others? Pardon? Pomegranates? I can't even say that. I don't even know what it is. Pomegranate. Anybody had a pomegranate? Oh, oh well, there we are, you see. It must be a Derby thing. Good, yeah, well, you know, lots and lots of, uh, this time of year, we eat lots of fruits and that, and, and just asking you that question, say something to me straight away, that we are all different. We are the same in the sense of our relationship to God, but we're all different, every one of us. 
And I looked there, and there's a few people with obviously different views regarding the fruit that they enjoy. But regarding spiritual fruit, Paul says that there are nine special fruits, nine of them. Now, I haven't got time this morning to go through nine, so I've just picked the first three to speak to you about this morning. So they are what? Love, joy, and peace. Well done. Love, joy, and peace. And if you, uh, if you think you can do better than me when I'm preaching, just come up and start, you know what I mean? <laughs> but here we go. Love, joy, and peace. The first one is that love is without any limitations whatsoever. Human love is very, very adjustable and adaptable. Some have got, uh, human love is great, others it's very poor. So there's a, a tremendous variation in that, but the one we're looking at here, love in love, joy, and peace, love is without limitation whatsoever. If you want to look at the word love, of course, you'll, you read, what, what's the chapter you read? 1 Corinthians 13, that's the one to read. Now, I'm not going to read it again now, but that's the one you should read. But this chapter that we've read time and time and time again gives us a much deeper feeling about God's love and who he really is. Now, did you know that God is here today? God is here today. Not just sitting next to you. Have a look at the person next to you. There we go. No, not just sitting next to you, but the Bible teaches us that he's in you. In each one of you. Isn't that amazing? If we know Jesus Christ as our Savior, God is with us, in us, living in our lives. I find that exciting. After all these years of knowing him and serving him, I still get quite excited when I think that almighty God who fills the universe with his presence has come to live in me. And even more in you. So every one of us this morning can experience something new from God. And the word love is in, in a couple of verses I want to share with you. And it's a very special word. It, it suddenly appeared out of all sorts of areas of life in the early Christian period. In Galatians 5 or 1 Corinthians, we've already mentioned, it's a new word. It's a, a spirit-breathed word. And it is the word agape. Say agape. Agape. Sounds good, doesn't it? Agape. And that means it's, it's a deep and unlimited love that's being expressed to us, direct from God himself, praise the Lord, via the Holy Spirit, which means that right now, right here, in this place, in the seat where you're sitting, in your heart, in your life, if you have a need right now of God's love, don't wait to the end, don't wait to some special thing in the future, he's with you right now. Now, and I've just got a sudden feeling, I, I've no note of this, but I've just got a sudden feeling that there are a few people here this morning who just need to know God's love. Not just to know it there, but to know it in your heart, and in your spirit, and in your life. And whatever is happening to you, those two or three people, whatever is happening to you, whatever is surrounding you at this time, Whatever is hurting you and upsetting you, let me say this right now. God is love. God is your love. And he's in you. 
Just relax and rest in him. This is not words. You see, this is the difficulty, isn't it? We can get to know everything. And there's some of you, you could quote me anything. If I gave you a word, you'd quote me somewhere from the Bible. I'm sure you would, many of you, who are very mature Christians. But listen, the important thing is that God is here right now. And he can enter into your life. Love is not just a word. Right now, God wants to enter in to your life. Mine, yours, and ours. And 1 John 4.16 tells us, again, that God is love. Not God's love, but God is love. Is there someone here this morning? Well, I know, I just got this feeling in me suddenly out of the blue. I know there's one or two here this morning, and you just need to know an outpouring of God's love in your life and in your heart right now. If that's you, reach out in faith. If that's you, accept it now. Let God come in with all his fullness and all his love because his love forms the very central part of God's true character. It's who God really is. We can know all the facts and figures, but the most important thing is that God is love. God is love. Now, interestingly, the same word is used in the Bible to display a Christian's love for both God and for each other. Isn't that strange? Because the, the word love can mean all sorts of things. I love cabbage. Oh, dear. I love cauliflower. No, I don't It's a word. It can change. But here, it's just one word. God's love. And God is here to pour out his Holy Spirit in your heart and in your life. And 2 Corinthians 5.14 says this, Either way, Christ's love controls us. Since we believe that Christ died for all, we also believe that we have all died to our old life and our old selves. And John 15 verses 12 to 17 is a verse to take home and to read. Let me give you that again, John 15, 12 to 17. When you go home, spend some time looking at it, asking God to speak to you through that short but very wonderful part of his word. And it talks about loving each other as friends, as friends. Have you got friends who need you? You see, this love is, is, is a settled state of both heart and mind. So whatever we've got thinking here, whatever we're feeling here, it's directed towards God himself, as well as to Christian community. And new to those outside, to those hostile towards God's love. When I started thinking about this, and I thought, well, I wanted to, be able to say something a little different this morning what we normally say about this. God is love. When I thought I began to think about that, I suddenly realized there are people who just need God's love. And it starts in our church. It starts right here. And I've got a challenge for you this morning. Anybody ready for a challenge? 
Oh, three. Three, okay. Now, I was going to say stand up and let's have it. No, I won't. I wonder, is there a fellow Christian that you cannot get on with? The answer to that is, there's bound to be somewhere. Because we're all different. But what a wonderful opportunity to go and see that person, those people, and to throw out God's love and to, to accept who they are, for who, what they are, for, for what sort of person they are, and embrace them and say, I love you. Praise God. Say, I love you. Well, that's four of us. Say, I love you. Okay, if you dare, turn to the person next to you and say, I love you too. That's wonderful. And that's really what God's love is all about. It's not a, just a word, L-O-V-E. It's not just a range of issues and things. Here in the Bible, the Bible is saying to us regarding our relationship amongst ourselves, but it goes even a step further because it says that even those outside of the kingdom of God must, should, learn about God's love. And so maybe you've got family and friends who are outside of God's love. They have no real interest in God's love whatsoever. Well, stop praying for them. Praise the Lord. Pray and pray and pray and keep praying. And then make an opportunity, take an opportunity to talk to them, to get it right. If it's a fellow Christian, get it right. Praise the Lord. Get it right. And love each other like we should do. Or if it's a member of the family, or a neighbour, or close friends, get it right. Talk to them about Jesus and about his love. Because that's what it's all about. God is love. Praise his name. We were singing a song this morning, and I, I was in tears. I couldn't help myself. It was just so wonderful to remember how wonderful God is, how personal, how sensitive, how loving he really is. It's not religion, folks. I'm out of religion a long time ago. I'm talking about relationship with God, a real relationship with God Almighty through Christ Jesus the Son via the Holy Spirit. We can feel it now. Amen? I feel God's love now. I really do. And it's, it's exciting. It's thrilling. I'm tingling, folks. I'm tingling. I don't know whether you are, but we can know God's love right now in this room. And he's going to touch you. And because, often because we're mature Christians, we're, we're almost afraid to say it. Yes, yes, we love God, that's it. We love God. Let's move on to something else now. No, 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 no. I'm talking about God's love here in this place, in your heart, in your life, right now. God's here. And he wants to enter in. He wants... Sorry. He wants you to, full, to, to feel the fullness of his love at this moment of time. So reach out in faith. Don't wait for the end of the sermon. Well, if you're going to do that, I'll stop now. Because it's so important for us to love each other, to get it all sorted out, but also to love God with all of our heart, with everything and every part of our being. But if we truly love him, 
as we say we do, we must love each other. That's what the scripture says. Love one another. I better move on, time races. I don't know what time you finish. I think it's four o'clock, isn't it? <laughs> My wife says, whatever you do, don't say anything like that. But I'm going to finish at three. And um, <laughs> I just wanted to bring this very simple word to you this morning. Because you, you're my family. This is why I got saved in this church. Love it. Absolutely love it. And it's going from strength to strength. You can feel it. It's going from strength to strength. And so I wanted to share that first one. And the second one is about joy. Joy, I've put, is a jubilant experience. Romans 14 and verse 17. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of what we eat or drink, praise God, but of living a life of goodness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Ah, oh, I can understand sad Christians, even sad, sad Pentecostal Christians. I can understand all that because we're human. But I can't understand miserable ones, can you? Have a look at the person next... No, no, don't, don't do that, no. No. I, yeah, we have times when we're up and times when we're down. Of course we do, because we're human. But I tell you this, there's some jubilation in the whole experience of joy that we get from God. Hallelujah. Anybody like joy? Yeah. Yeah, she's all right. Praise God. Hallelujah. Now then, joy is the characteristic, let me just put it this way, the characteristic note of New Testament Christianity. It's what it's all about. Like I said before, I can understand sad Christians, but not miserable ones. Hallelujah. It's the last thing we do need. And the word rejoice, or to rejoice, those two words, appear, listen, 72 times in the New Testament. 72 times. And the word joy itself in the New Testament speaks 60 times. Isn't that amazing? 72 times to rejoice and 60 times we're told about joy. Hallelujah. God is the blessed or happy God. According to 1 Timothy 1.11 and in his presence there is nothing but rubbish. No, what does he say? In his presence there is fullness of joy that's right come on cheer up <laughs> hallelujah in fact I'm hoping to see some of you up and dancing soon when you begin to realize the joy that we have in Jesus and feel free to do that I'll just carry on you know but uh, if you want to get up and dance that's fine with me it wouldn't bother me in the slightness but I want to ask this, want to ask this question do you feel this joy his joy, Christian joy. Do you feel it? Because it's centered in God himself. And if you're not a Christian, you might be religious, you might sort of believe from a distance, but if you're not a committed Christian, this is the moment to really find Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and come to understand and to know fully him in person. And that will release his joy and, and that's the big thing about Jesus. He knew from the beginning what he came into the world for. He knew he was going to suffer, not like we, far beyond our suffering, but he came into the world to bear our sin, your sin, and my sin, oh dear me, 
our sin. He came to bear all of that sin in his own body. He was perfect, but he took the whole lot, embraced it, drew it into his heart and into his life. Died on the cross in our place. Praise God. Come on. He rose again from the dead. Hallelujah. He's alive right now. Like I said, he's not sitting on you right by the side of you. He's in you. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. That's what's got to happen for us to recognize more and more. Do you know, I I think churches would be packed to capacity today in a miserable world that we live in. So many frightening things happening. In this last week or two, it's got even worse. Awful. Neighbors, friends, family, people down the road and across the road. They desperately need God. They need to know his joy and happiness. So come on, display it wherever you are. Do you know, uh, get together if you're, a lot of you live in one street, get together and do something to let them know Jesus loves them. Praise the Lord. Jesus cares about them. And Jesus wants you to do your part and me to do my part to make sure that they understand this whole concept of joy and happiness because of what Jesus Christ has done. In his presence, the Bible says, there is fullness of joy. Are you feeling it? Are you feeling that Christian joy right now? If not, reach out. I say it again. Rejoice. Praise the Lord. Reach out right now. And if while I'm still preaching, you get excited and you want to get up and start getting excited, feel free. I really don't mind at all. I want to see it. I remember being in in one church we had and um, it was just a a very special, uh, it was a family one, I think. And uh, we had people of all different nationalities. But also one group, the the black group in our church, there was loads of them. And uh, they wanted to do a, a special farewell. And I'll never forget them dancing around the aisles. Will you remember that? They were just dancing all the way around the aisles. Oh, it was good. And then they pulled me in and Joe in. We had to dance along with them. But I don't mind. I don't mind a dance. It's okay, isn't it? Oi. And so uh, it was such a wonderful moment. And if you feel like rejoicing in the Lord, if you feel in spite of what you're going through, in spite of how you're feeling in the, on, the, on the level of, of this world, why don't you start to get, feel, be filled with joy and experience new joy from God? And uh, it's wonderful and, and, and fully experienced and appreciated in the everyday life of people, the people of God. God has given us this wonderful thing. Wonderful. We can do it. Isn't that great? God loves us that much. He, we can actually do it. You know, we can, you can get up and dance if you like, folks, anytime you like. All right? Get excited about Jesus. And we are told these things that we will be filled with joy. Our joy, it says in the Bible, will overflow. And it's based on hope. Romans 12, 12. Rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble and keep on praying. Oh, what about Hebrews 12 too? We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he is seated in the place of honor 
beside God's throne. And listen, so will we be one day. Praise the Lord. Whatever we're going through now. And sadly, we have to go, even as Christians and believers and spirit-filled, we go through tough times, unexpected times. We lose a loved one. We hurt. We get upset about all sorts of things. That doesn't make you less a Christian because you don't like it or you don't feel it or you feel hurt. That is normal. That is normal. But also we know that God is with us every step of the way. And he'll see us right the way through. Right the way through. No matter how we feel. Peace. Our peace. Your peace. Is through the presence of God. I love John chapter 20 in verses 19 to 22. And it says, That Sunday evening... The disciples were meeting behind locked doors because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders. Suddenly, Jesus was standing there among them. Peace be with you, he said. As he spoke, he showed them the wounds in his hands and his side. They were filled with joy when they saw the Lord. Again, he said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. Then he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. Have you received the Holy Spirit? If you're a born-again Christian, yes, you have. When you get saved, you receive the Holy Spirit. There's no other way it can be done. But also, God has brought us to a part where we can also know the outpouring of the Holy Spirit in our lives, where God uses us in the gifts of the Holy Spirit and gives it opportunity to live out all of the fruit of the Spirit. Have you experienced that yet? If not, pastor, they can come and see you, can't they? Of course they can. And others of you, that we can lead you to the place of fulfillment and outpouring of, your Holy, of the Holy Spirit and watching God do miracle after miracle after miracle in you and through you so just the last few thoughts I told you I'd be finished by Christmas the third thing is this and it's the obvious one really it's where I've been wanting to go all the way through peace peace is through the presence of God John chapter 20 verses 19 to 22 I'll come back to that in a moment Here's another interesting fact. The word peace is found 88 times in the New Testament and six times God himself is called the God of peace. We serve the God of peace. God's spirit brings peace according to Philippians 4 and verse 7. He loves to enter into our problems our difficulties, our fears, in order to bring peace into our lives. And spirit-inspired peace comes from spirit-created faith through the justifying work of God in Christ. So when you become a Christian, and all of you here who are really born-again Christians, 
should be expressing the fruit of the Holy Spirit, but also the power and presence of the Holy Spirit in and through your lives. Isn't that exciting? Well, it's all right, Godfrey. No, it's exciting. I find it amazing that God can use us in that way. And it's the fruit of the Spirit that brings that created harmony with God as we are obedient to Him. It brings peace of heart and life because it's only possible through the Holy Spirit in this way for us to think about God and the fact that we are stayed upon God through the Holy Spirit. He wants to do something incredible in our hearts and lives this morning. And uh, Isaiah 26.3 says, You will keep him in perfect peace. All you who trust him, all those thoughts are fixed on you. Depends what version you have. True peace is the fruit of the Holy Spirit in a regulated relationship with God. This peace must be worked out in our lives and through our lives. And it's not just a church thing. It's not just a Sunday moment. Oh, come on, when we get down to that, we become just people who go to church on a Sunday morning, go home, and the rest of the week is gone until the following Sunday. No, no, no. It's not like that. If we are to make progress in knowing God's peace and God's presence like never before, then it has to start or to, uh, come to us in three different areas. And that, number one is our homes. If you want to know about that, read Colossians 3 and verses 18 to 21. In our home, it must be there. Not just here, but right where we are. In the world of work, how many of you have got jobs? How many of you work here? Yeah. Right there, make sure people know that they know that they know that you belong to Jesus. I know it's not easy, folks. I've been there. I know it's hard. It really is. Sometimes people are very horrible and nasty when they know you're a Christian. All of that I know, but that should not stop us from telling them that we are believers and that God loves them so much that we can help them find him. You see, true peace is the fruit of the Holy Spirit. It's regulated through our relationship with God. So this peace must be worked on in our homes, in the world of work, and in our relationship with others, and in the fellowship of the church church should be on fire for God. On fire for God. Exciting, isn't it? Now, I know we're all different. And I, I can, I'll never forget, you know, being in the, having been in the ministry and, and so on, that people are different. And, and you sometimes find somebody who won't always stand and get too excited. But I remember once that when, when we were trying to find an answer for a certain thing, it was all exciting. People were doing all sorts of things, apart from one or two people. And then suddenly this one person stood up and gave a word from the Lord. And it was the answer that we needed to hear.
So it doesn't matter. God will use you as who you are. But please don't opt out. You are very, very, very special to God. Tell the person next to you, you are very, very, very special to God. You really are. <laughs> equally so, equally so. Whether you've been a Christian five minutes or 50 years, God doesn't put some of us there and some of us there. We're all together like this. One in Christ. I've said it already before, but I really want you to get hold of this, if nothing else. This peace is the serenity of Christ shared with the body of Christ, his church, through the presence of the Holy Spirit in our midst. All right? We're not, I've said it, but we're not religious people who just go and fill a seat. I can't wait till the next meeting. Or at home, wherever you might be. We've got to be open to God. What's the point in being a Christian if you just sit down and miss it all? There's so much, folks, so much that we can learn. I've been a Christian all these years. I was in the ministry for about 150 years. Well, it just seemed that long, that's all. No, um, no, all those years, and I'm still learning. And I'm still finding that people who are new Christians just suddenly say something, and you think, goodness me, I'd forgotten that. And we must love one another and listen to one another and help one another and be alive. Praise the Lord. Excited. Don't sit and wait for somebody else. All right? That's what we do. That's typical, isn't it, of human beings, especially English people wherever else you are. If we're not careful, that's what we do. We sit and wait for somebody else to set things in motion, to do something. And God really wants each one of us in the areas of the gift that he has given us. Because, you know, we are in a world of people who are different, but they're the same range of differences as we are. But they've got no answer. So we need to make sure that we be ourselves, who we are in Christ, and, and let people feel and know, praise the Lord, let them know who we are and what we, God has given to us. And then we can help other people to come to know Christ as their own Savior. And I'm going to finish with this verse from John 14, or verses 25 and 27. And this is Jesus speaking, himself speaking. Are you ready? John 14, 25, 27. I am telling you of these things, Jesus said, now while I am still with you. But when the Father sends the counselor as my representative, and by the counselor I mean the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I myself have told you. I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give isn't like the peace the world gives. So don't be troubled or afraid. If you're here this morning and you desperately need a touch from God, maybe you need to know afresh God's peace or God's joy or God's love, whatever it might be, right here this morning, 
we can find those three things and more. And let's get excited. Can we? Can we get excited? Now I'm 80 now. Tell the person next to you, he only looks 60. <laughs> and if you do that, you've obviously forgot your glasses. And, um, but I, I've got to that age now. And if you're not careful, you can pull back, you can sit there. But I spoke to somebody this morning who's a bit older than me still. And as, I, as he was just answering back, I thought, well, this, is, this is great. He was still excited about God. He was still excited about wanting to know more about the Lord. Isn't that great? And we want that. We've got it. It's here for us, folks, whatever age we might be. So get excited. If you feel you want to stand up and praise God, do it. Oh, can I say that, Vicar? Yeah? But that's what we want to do, folks. We've got to do it. And as we do it, we'll find more and more and more that God's Holy Spirit will move in our hearts and in our lives. And I'm looking around now. Take my glasses off. I can see you better then. Strange, isn't it, that? But there it is. But I'm looking around. And I can see some of you I've known for a long time. Others I don't really know. I've seen you but I don't really know you. And maybe there are those who are just here this morning for the first time, I don't know. But what I do know is God loves you. What I do know is that God wants to use every one of us here in the work of God. And as he, we allow him to do so, we will find in a very quick time this church will be packed to capacity and beyond. And I'm going to embarrass him right now. But I think you've got a new... We had a, we had a fantastic minister, we did. He was a great guy, wonderful. But you've got a new one now, and he's wonderful too. Praise God. Different ministry. And you've got another... Assistant minister, I think he's still in bed this morning. <laughs> or maybe he's not. But they're both wonderful. You've got leaders, elders in the church who are filled with the Holy Spirit. You've got those sitting next to you right now. You are God's people filled with his spirit. And every one of us here needs to get up and get on with the ministry that God has given us. And whatever ministry it is, it's no less important than anyone else. It's incre incredible. If you've got a ministry that is just personal, individual, where you can talk to people about the peace of God and the love of God, Get on with it. Do it. If you've got a ministry that can be developed across the church, talk to your pastors about it. Let them know that you feel that you've got a ministry that could be used. They're in charge. They'll know when the time's right. They'll know if it's the right thing for them. So just do it. If you've got a ministry that is so obvious, get on with it. Do it. And together, together, 
the Holy Spirit will move in power as he has done already but the, word, the best is yet to come go on tell the person next to you the best is yet to come <clears throat> sorry it's going to happen folks and you are so vital and important so can I, can I just pray now I'm going to ask you, I'm not going to pray for individuals. I wouldn't do that after that sort of subject. That is up to the pastor to follow that through now. And uh, you go and see him, whatever I've seen, you know you've got. You go and see him. He's the man. All right? And I know that he has a deep, deep, deep desire to see this church grow again. I know that. I've known him for a while. I knew him when he was a little boy. He hasn't changed much. Still wearing the same shirt. No, he was, he was um, full of energy then, along with a few others. And he's full of energy now. He really is. And he wants God to use him. So if you here this morning, I just want to close in prayer. I don't want to go individually around. That's not my job. But if you've got a need this morning, everything, anything I've talked about, love, joy, or peace, if you've got a ministry that you want to be released, then just stand. I'm going to pray generally. Just stand as we pray. And then we'll leave it to God to work out the consequences of that through your pastor. So, stand if you want to. I'm going to pray. God wants you to, be, to use you in a very wonderful way. And he wants all your ministries to be used by him. So feel free. Our loving Heavenly Father, we thank you in the wonderful name of Jesus for your presence with us, for the peace of God that passes all understanding. We thank you, Lord, for the privilege that you've given to each person here who knows you as Savior to be used by you in the giftings and ministries that you have given to them. And I thank you for this wonderful church and for all the many years where you have moved in power. And I pray, Lord, these days before us now, you will move and move again. And I pray for the pastors, the elders, the leaders of the church you will move in power in their hearts and lives. Thank you for already for what you are doing and what you've done. But greater things than these will happen. So bless them, Lord, especially, but bless each one of us. Help us, praise the Lord, help us to be ready to be used by you in the giftings and ministries that you've given us. And we want to give you all the praise, hallelujah, and all the glory. In Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, let's all stand and just praise God. Hallelujah. Just give thanks to him. He's a wonderful God. Praise his name.